So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. In your ears, in your eyes, wherever it reaches you, share the link so you just don't stink. We're dropping podcast audio. We're dropping video in your eyeballs wherever we can. It is Sports Key to Wrestling, our weekly rundown of all the hits and none of the shits as we jump into the inside cradle. Rolling it up, talking about this week's AEW Double or Nothing pay-per-view, talking about some curious situations with the broadcast positions in WWE, a real big shakeup on Monday Night Raw, what is going on with SummerSlam in Sin City, baby? Roll the dice. Spin the wheel. Are we getting a raw roulette? All right. Ooh. Raider time, baby. It is Raider time for SummerSlam. What's up, everybody? I am Kev Kelm. All those topics and more. Oh, plus, we're talking to the new WWE NXT North American champion, Bronson Reed. A little bit of a cameo as well from AEW's Cody Rhodes. All of those things in this episode. We're one minute in. We're one minute in, Rick. Rick Cuccino. I'm Kev Calm. How you feeling, Rick? I'm feeling fired up, man. It's a big pay-per-view weekend. It's a big wrestling weekend. It was on the uh, Cody Rhodes conference call earlier today. As you uh, mentioned, I was lucky enough to get a question in. Do you know the key to getting to guaranteeing that you get one of those questions in? It's hard on these media calls, man. It is. But if you send in the write-in question, everybody wants to ask via audio. And I'd love to ask Cody a question via audio. And it kind of backfired me on me a little bit when I sent <laughs> my, my written question. But usually the written questions will get read on these conference calls. Uh, so I sent in a write-in question. He did answer it. I do have that audio uh, for my question earlier on. And when we get into the Double or Nothing uh, pay-per-view, we'll, uh, we'll air that. And as you alluded to, uh, talking to Big Bronson Reed, uh, absolutely great guy very very humble guy talking about his championship victory uh over johnny gargano uh as well as uh, his philosophies in the ring whether or not he likes to take on smaller opponents bigger opponents being a bigger opponent you know what kind of hurdles has he had to clear in his career a lot of good uh audio uh, uh right there so uh make sure to uh stick with us we're gonna get to all of that and so much more but we got a lot of big news we got to get into Kevin. and i got some hot takes here too just for people who are just in for the news and different things like that I got I I've been I've been a little red hot the past couple weeks here on Sports Key Wrestling. I've been firing yeah. off here. You, I guess, got you are like the one person on this planet who gets less sleep than me, and it has just made you cranky. You are just Mr. Cranky. I, I am cranked up. Yeah, because I, I have this new schedule, I have the, these new things. Uh, you're doing the radio game, I am as well. Uh, and it's it's been challenging, but I'm I'm still loving wrestling. It's still my escape, and then I get to do this stuff with you guys. But the thing is, I go then on wrestling Twitter and I am Deeply, deeply disappointed by all these pound their chests, say they're holier than thou wrestling fans. And I'm calling you out. I'm calling you out this week. You're gonna you're gonna have to answer. All right. It's gonna be, oh, thank heaven. Here comes Kevin. Because I'm gonna clear the air. I'm gonna clear the air on you. All right. We you're, all you're, we do is bring the fire. That is oh, all you're, you're getting here. one. You're, you're getting one. I got a couple chambered for you. All right. I, I'm seriously. There are co- there are a couple people. 
I almost want to bring up people by name, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm not going to do it. Uh, but I will talk about that, and we'll do that within today's show. Let's let's jump into this rundown here. We we have plenty to cover in our in our sheet that you've you've so well articulated here. Let's Hold get on, into the big news second, with uh. One, one second though, we're obligated to do something. Watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out. Oh, you're on top of the format, baby. <laughs> you're on top of the format. Kevin is not. Kevin is not. <laughs> I'm sitting here. I'm like, is he gonna do it? Is it going to do Thank it? you to our great. No, we're, I didn't. Yeah, we're we're, we're, we're going to get yelled at if we don't do it. So even. Hey. hey. Watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out. Let's get one more. Our great video team with that wonderful graphic for everybody who's checking out the video version of the show. Shout out to them. Shout out to CyberShack. Shout out to Aranava and the great team there. Everybody helping us out here. Also, thank you to the many people that have subscribed to our uh, YouTube page. Rocking now to seventeen thousand plus subscribers. Huge. If you have, if you haven't checked us out on YouTube, go ahead and do that. Jump in there. Uh, this show on there, along with our weekly show Legion of Raw with Vince Russo, right after Monday at Raw. Uh, Dutch Mantel joins us through Smack Talk on Friday nights. We will also have a post show up for AEW Double or Nothing. We have a preview up right now with the wonderful Sid covering that. So just tons of content. Uh, literally, I, I checked last week. We had over eight hours of stuff up in a seven day period. So tons of different things you can use. And now we're going to start shifting all that over to audio as well. So you'll, you'll have tons of extra audio you can consume. So uh, if you haven't done already, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast available on Spotify, drop it on uh, Apple any day. Now, by the way, Uh, plenty of exclusives up there. So let's get into it. Shake up on Monday night raw for seven weeks. Adnan Verk was the lead play by play announcer of Monday night raw. And since you and I have talked, he is no longer that announcer. He came into WWE, uh, surprisingly, right after WrestleMania. Uh, a lot, a lot of attention on WWE right then. Tom, uh, Tom Phillips, uh, it was out of the position for some period at the time. wasn't exactly clear why he was removed from the play-by-play booth. There was some speculation that maybe he had COVID or something like that, but wasn't uh, never truly confirmed, as far as we could tell. Here's the thing: this week, Adnan Verk out of WWE. Uh, very short, brief run. Tom Phillips also now out of WWE and a former UFC broadcaster, Jimmy Smith is now reportedly slotted to be the guy to take that, that role this coming Monday uh, with WWE raw, the flagship show of WWE, which has been going through a lot of different changes. Yeah. So uh, the Tom Phillips news is, is, is fresh, really, really brand new. Uh, Sean Ross app from Fightful.com was one who broke this earlier today, and then John Alba uh, confirmed it. So uh, multiple outlets are reporting that Tom Phillips is out after nearly a decade uh, with WWE. And this one was this one was more shocking to me than than Adnan Burke. Um, and well, let's talk about Adnan first because this is a guy who was thrust into an impossible situation. Mm-hmm. It is so easy to shit on him and so many people did and so many people still do and give him crap for the work that he did over the seven weeks there but i mean dude that the take nothing away from the guy he is a tremendous broadcaster he does fantastic work but wwe major league baseball tons of different things Yeah. yeah he's on national networks man the guy knows what he's doing what he doesn't know is WWE TV and they brought him in and you can sit here and say yeah i'm a wrestling fan i'm a wrestling guy i used to watch it back in the 80s or whatever but if you don't know who these people are, if you're not up to date on the product, if you don't know what it's like to call national network WWE, it is a completely different animal. And it was pretty clear early on. 
he was in over his head. And it, it's an unfortunate situation because I was, I, when this hire was made, yes, it was outside the box. But I'm like, this could be really, really good. And it was it just clear that it wasn't. And well, I mean, everyone we went off on the guy was like, "Look who's out of the box." You, you took you took Pat McAfee, and this this guy was uh, quite the personality. Obviously, you had you had him in the system at WWE. He was doing the panel stuff for NXT, sure. uh, and then became a character on NXT in a huge, huge way. Did one of the best wrestling matches last year in his debut match, and he clicked in perfectly. And I I, I said it months ago that they were going to put him on one of their big main roster shows. He wasn't going to stay in NXT. That's a hit. I don't think that there is universal praise for his presence on SmackDown, that he has added a lot to the, the show. He has, has a ton of personality and lays it on and is quick with his comments. Verk just felt like he was lost in a three-man booth. Right, and here's the thing. You could say... And Pat- I feel I feel bad. You, you and I, I work do. in broadcasting. You don't like saying that about somebody when they're no. broadcasting. No, and, and again, it's like... Well, what's that old adage? If you if you judge a fish by its ability to to climb a tree, you'll think he's stupid or something like that. And that's yeah. basically with 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 Adnan here is like he just was out of his element. And you talk about Pat McAfee being an out of the box hire. It is, but he really has been training for this. I mean, this is college a guy football. Who, he he had, he was he was ready. For, he was kind of ready for this. He football. was doing the WWE panels, and yes, he doesn't have you know years and years of experience in the WWE ring. But even the little bit that he has. One significantly more than Adnan. Well, significantly more. He's trained. He had a fantastic one-on-one match with Adam Cole. He went through freaking war games for crying out loud. This is a guy who trained, who put in work. Say it right, Rick. Say it right. Oh, sorry. War games. Uh, this war is games. Guy. War games. War games. This is a guy who went through war games. I mean, the, he he has the ex- uh, a lot more experience and knows the animal better. Just being on WWE panel shows, he knows kind of what it's like to be in that production environment. So he had a heck of a run running start over, over Adnan Burke. And yeah. it was pretty obvious from the get go that this wasn't going to work out. And I, the only thing I'm surprised is, is that it, it, they, they pulled the plug this quickly. I thought they might've given him a little bit more time to grow, but you know, if, if both sides are unsure about something, it's better to just kind of, kind of cut ties and, uh, and move on. And now they're, they're bringing in Jimmy Smith. We'll see how he's done. He has a little bit of experience at WWE, more of an MMA play by play guy, but the, this Tom Phillips thing that broke today is the one that really scratches my head because there was nothing wrong with Tom Phillips as the lead play-by-play guy on Monday Night Raw. Nothing. He was really, really good at his job. You know, I, sometimes it's just, they want something fresh, you know, and and, and if, they're, if, if changing the announcer is the freshest thing you can do to the show from WWE from the top down, they will do that from time to time. This yeah. isn't the same beast that it was in the 90s. You need to change that show up a lot. It's a three-hour show. It's a it's a beast. It's a different animal. And also, people consume it in a completely different way. Uh, everyone, everyone who says, oh, why do they do this? Why, why are they? Like, you, we, we see this all the time. How can they do the same theme song? Or how can they don't have the same matches? And they want fans consume this stuff. And they have a very high expectation for it. And we see the raw numbers aren't have come down a little bit. SmackDown has stayed steady. NXT is is the outlier in its own way, right? Uh, but that raw number came in this week, and that's why they want to do stuff like this. You know, they want to shake it up and make it feel different, especially when you have a, a broadcast partner like NBC Universal that is doing so much with you. You want to show to them, hey, we're going to try and do different things to make the show feel fresh. Uh, they did it with the raw underground concept, which just came came and went. Yeah. This as well, but also a lot of shakeup though in the broadcast team in general with uh, Monday Night Raw. I think this is maybe 
third or fourth different person they've had in that role in the it's, past it's, few years. Wow. What? It was just three years ago that we had the, the booth of of uh, Vic, Vance jo- or uh, Vic, Vic, Vic Joseph, Joseph yeah, Dio Madden. Dio Madden, yeah. Uh, no, now is Mace. Oh, sorry, I, I got uh, Vic confused with Vance Joseph, the former uh, Broncos head coach and Bengals defensive coordinator. Uh, but Vic Joseph. Bengals on the brain, baby. Bengals yeah. on the brain. But, uh, you know, Vic does a great job down in NXT now as the, the head play-by-play guy there. Um, he, I thought he was fine on Raw. Who was the third guy in the booth at the time? Because I don't think he's there. Wasn't it Jerry the King Lawler? Wasn't King Jerry the King Lawler? Yeah, he was on the booth there. So it has been a massive turnover uh, on Raw. It's like they just can't find that fit. Whereas it seemed like you know Michael Cole and um, and Corey Graves were were going to be you know longevity there, and then they decided to move Pat Mac or Pat McAfee in and uh, took uh, Corey Graves over to Raw. And if you notice, Corey Graves for the last few weeks really kind of did take over the main play-by-play duties. If you really yeah. paid attention, Adman was talking less and less every week, which you know doesn't make this move too big of a shock. Honestly, uh, Jimmy Smith might be great. We'll see. The jury is still out on him. I would have gone with a two-man booth. I really would. I think Corey Graves and, and Byron Saxton would have been just fine out of their own. Corey Graves is, is uh, one of the best. Is, Cor- Corey's really good at that color stuff, though. He's really good at like freaking out when a character comes out and be and being biased and you know or, or give give the ball to Byron and let him be play by play. You know, Byron can play the straight guy and get made fun of and stuff like that too. Sure. Um, but hey, I, I as someone who works in radio and broadcasting, I am never opposed to somebody getting an opportunity like this. Fair enough. Yes. Uh, and I don't think anyone should hold anything against Jimmy Smith. This guy has same thing with Adon. You know, he had a rep, he had a, a strong you know, outside of wrestling background to come into these type of things. So uh, give him a shot. I say, don't rule him out. You know, with Adnan, I was like, yep, yeah, this was rough. You know, people were rough to him right out of the gate. Uh, and let's see where this develops and let's see where this and, goes. And that's, that's also where WWE is such a different, you know, animal because if you, you have a rabid fan base, yes, who's going to let you know, and this is part of the reason why you're going to go off later in the show. They're going to let you know what they don't like. And they are going to be very verbal, and they are not going to be nice about it at all. Oh, and and that is why I have this rant chambered for you before we end. Because you have all of that passion. What are you doing with it? I'll get to that. Uh, Hell in a Cell. Uh, This has been a part of WWE's shift here as they're going to be on the road in July. We've known that. Uh, Those plans were kind of getting clarified as we spoke last week. Uh, and Hell in a Cell will now be in a few weeks. It moves up. It'll stay inside the Thunderdome, which I think is a great idea, too. It's probably something that is better almost without a crowd, really. Uh, and you'll get the spectacle of this giant cage. Uh, and who's going to challenge Bobby Lashley for that WWE Championship? We will find out this coming Monday by the time you hear or watch this. And probably it will be know already, but we don't. We don't. I don't mind that, though. It's storyline. Gets you to watch TV, right? Uh, and we do have a match with consequence. I like a match with stakes. You know, people sure. win big matches, get to move on to the big mountain. And you get Drew McIntyre, once again, still chasing this championship, versus Kobe Kingston, who has inserted himself into the title program, accepting an open challenge, which was supposed to be for the title. And then they pivoted. And yeah. some people have debated whether or not that was a bait and switch. Oh, that's uh, what it was. You, I, you know, it's a heel though. See, heels, heels will do heel stuff, right? It got you to stay up until you know ten forty-five to watch this main event. That's that's pretty much what it yeah, was. Yeah, I, I get that. You know, so we get Drew versus Kofi. Uh, a lot of fans, I think, just want Kofi because it'd be a fresh challenger for Bobby Lashley. They had some chemistry in the ring. 
Uh, they could do some different things. Uh, this would be different. You can get Drew away from the championship in a, in a way that I don't. Drew, Drew's fine. Drew, Drew could re be reprogrammed for a few months and get himself back in the title hunt around WrestleMania time. I think that's fine. You know, uh, and I think that'd be much more interesting if you get him some time away from the belt. Year and a half he's been around that title program yep. now. Yeah, and and that's the thing. It's like we're we're looking at the landscape of Raw, and it's like, okay, where are these new challengers going to come from? And that's part of the reason why I think Drew is still there. I don't mm -hmm. think they have any plans to put the title back on him. I do think ultimately, some way, somehow, he's going to wind up with the championship match at Hell in a Cell, and that's going to be the big blow off. Remember, last year at Hell in a Cell is when he dropped it to Randy Orton uh, inside Hell in a Cell. So there is a little bit of a a story there to tell uh, with him trying to overcome that that Hell in a Cell. Uh, monster that thing that snake bit him last year and um, you know maybe he doesn't maybe he doesn't but I, I think the right move would be to keep the title on Bobby Lashley for a while but man you, you, you've given us this this nugget this tease here with Kofi Kingston of putting him back in the title picture because it is something that he never got he never got that that rematch for the WWE championship he lost it to Brock Lesnar very quickly and almost as quickly was swept under the rug as an immediate challenger for a world title ever again because they immediately dropped him back into the tag team title picture. You'll remember they started doing that that brief little thing where every once in a while, Kofi was trying to pretend like he was okay. Like he was the power of positivity and everything was fine. But you'd see him like crush a pancake in his hand, you know, in a backstage mm -hmm. segment. Or he'd look visibly annoyed. And it looked like they were building to Kofi snapping. But then Xavier Woods got hurt. And they cut all of that aside. And they're like, nope, we need you and we need Big E in the, the tag team title picture. And they dropped all of it and he's been a tag team competitor ever since now they're shifting focus to him back as a singles competitor i would love to see kofi kingston versus bobby lashley inside hell in a cell so everybody's talking and about xavier him. woods is a perfect supporting character who can yeah. get in there and do a handful of physical things as well you know Absolutely. everybody's sitting here and saying well what if what if they gave drew the title match at hell in a cell and had jinder mahal like that seems to be the big thing is having jinder mahal get involved with Drew McIntyre, cost him the title opportunity, and you know them, them start their program over the summer? Why why push that off till Hell in a Cell? Why not start that up on Monday? Maybe Jinder, who we haven't seen in two weeks now since his big return, his big mm. win over Jeff Hardy. Yeah. That's how I would book this. I would bring Jinder back on Monday. Once again, him. video team, if you're watching, clip it. I All right? We're, we're going we're gonna, to... This is another Twitter clip. Clip it. I would bring back Jinder Mahal on Monday to cost Drew McIntyre this WWE title opportunity. And one, yes, it sets up a new program, a fresh matchup, one that I think a lot of people you know, want to see just because we'd love to see more of the uh, the 3MB vignettes and, and and dive back into the good old days of uh, the Rockers and everything like that and what's, you know, what's going on between these two. Obviously, they have history with one another. And then we get a fresh WWE championship matchup, which includes Kofi Kingston back in the main event scene where he belongs. I'm not waiting. I'm tired of rematches. Let's move on. Let's move the storyline forward. And yes, this is not a knock on Drew McIntyre. He does great work, but he has been in the WWE title picture for over 18 months now. Yeah, he needs something fresh. He doesn't fresh. need to be in the title picture the whole time. He'll be back. Sooner rather than later, he'll be back. It's okay to take a break. And when we talked to him, what did he tell us? He said as long as he's invested in the storyline, that's all he cares about. Uh, check out our interview with him. He's on episode one of Inside Cradle. It's up on our YouTube, our Facebook watch, and our podcast feed. Once again, if you haven't subscribed yet, go get that on Spotify, all that good stuff. Episode quite the interview. Quite, quite, quite the we we really set the bar very high early for ourselves. Yeah, we haven't hit back up there yet. <laughs> <laughs> Great way to sell the show, Rick. 
We just sold the show. Speaking I, of that, I'm the internal pessimist here. Bronson Reed will be with us here in a little bit. We also have a, we will have a brief cameo from from Cody Rhodes from yep. AEW as well from the media call this week. Uh, that's coming up within the show here. Uh, moving on, something else happened on my Raw, and I, I, th- I thought this was fairly interesting. Uh, you are kind of lukewarm on this whole thing. Nikki Cross has has been underutilized on my Raw for a long, long time. Understood. They used her as a supporting player and kind of a beat the clock type challenge with the two top players of the women's division on my Raw, the Raw women's champion Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. Now, Rhea and Charlotte, they have a ton of history. Did WrestleMania last year. They've been around each other and they do this triple threat. A few weeks ago at the Backlash pay per view, Rhea was able to get out of that situation with the pin over Asuka. And now it is Charlotte. Uh, I think Nikki being inserted in here as kind of a usurper, someone who just like shakes it up. You think you have this established order. And here she is changing it with this this two minute thing where Rhea didn't get pinned, you know, and Nikki kind of upset thing, some things and Rhea talked some trash and said, yeah, yeah, I'll beat Nikki. This is really about me being better than than Charlotte. Charlotte said she I couldn't beat you in two minutes. I know I can. And here you are making me look bad, you know, and like and that's all it has to be. And here is Nikki Cross shaking things up, being disregarded, proving she has worth uh, and not staying on the shelf. Jumping off the shelf, if you will. Uh, I'm on board with this. You were not. I was not a fan of the whole two-minute stipulation. No, I would have much much rather have seen them put some respect on Nikki Cross's name from the get-go. Because this is somebody who is a multi-time women's champion. This is somebody who was within an eyelash a couple of times of beating Bailey for the SmackDown Women's They didn't do that? They didn't do that by making her upset this stuff and hang in there with the women's champion? You know? And they didn't make the women's champion look bad. They didn't pin a champion. They did make her look bad because she just... This wasn't even close. Like, this was just Rhea absentmindedly forgetting to check the clock. It made her look dumb. It, it, they gave her uh, the, the worst disease in WWE, dumb babyface syndrome. That's what. Oh, they, they, okay. Yeah, they gave her the dumb babyface syndrome where they're just like, oh, I'm going to completely ignore the clock. And then I hear the tone. Oh, yeah, that's right. I only had two minutes to. It didn't make Rhea look good. And then Nikki Cross being excited that she survived the match for two minutes. It, it, this didn't, in my opinion, it didn't do anything to advance anybody. It didn't put anybody over at all. And then Nikki Cross, who technically beat Rhea Ripley, doesn't even get anything really for it. You had Asuka. Don't we, don't we find out more about that next week? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I'm hoping mm-hmm. there's something here. I'm hoping there is some kind of underdog tale that they're trying to build. Uh, some some babyface sympathy they're trying to build <laughs> and will lead to a, a significant singles push for her. But judging the way that they've used her since they split her with Alexa Bliss, I don't have high hopes. This whole booking that they did on Raw, just it doesn't make sense because you think back two weeks ago, Asuka beat Charlotte. Nothing. Charlotte comes in this week, rolls up Asuka for the one, two, three. All of a sudden, that is a definitive enough win to give Charlotte a title shot at Hell in a Cell. It Peak raw booking. No mention of Nikki Cross after beating Rhea Ripley this week either. It's it's peak raw booking. It doesn't make a whole lot of we'll sense. Find out. I will agree with you on one thing though. Inserting Nikki Cross into all of this, as long as it Fresh. upsets the apple cart, yes, because they 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 need to do this. Because for, you gotta you gotta sprinkle water on that Chinese food when you throw it in the microwave, man. That's what that's what they're doing here. I I don't get that reference. Uh, you don't get that reference. You ever heard that before? No, but I also don't. You, 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 you get you get some you get some. Chinese food, put water on it, all right, and it shakes up the MSG. So it does it, it gives it, it provokes the flavors again. That's what you, we're trying to do here. Hold on, time out. You reheat your Chinese food? Yeah, you don't do that. You just eat it cold. Hell yeah. 
Wow, what a monster. Cold Chinese food is like one of the best things. What on is planet. wrong with you? Next Cincinnati to people. Next to cold pizza, there is no better leftovers on the Cold planet. pizza is different. Depends on the pizza. <laughs> don't don't start talking to me about pizza. Okay? Don't do I this. Do, you weird Chicago. Don't. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. <laughs> watch it. <laughs> Knock it off. For the for those listening, you I will, should I will dump, up, I will dump right the hottest bowl of chili on your head when I see you. You talking about trash? Maybe we'll see each other in Vegas. <laughs> we'll get to Vegas in a little bit. That'll be a fun. One. Uh, what's this tag team you want to put together here? Yeah, you, you're telling me you want to put this tag team together. Women's tag team titles here. We got new champions, but you want to see a new challenging team that's kind of uh, out of the box, right? I think we were all kind of over the. Uh, Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, Natalia, Tamina stuff. It's Done. been going on. This 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 long. one's played out. This is played They've out. They wrestled each other twelve times since April. Like let's let's go. Let's let's move on here. Let's get on to something else. Now immediately, the thing I'm looking at doing is is the Riot Squad right up right off the bat. Sure. Um, yes, absolutely, because they are one of the most. They are one of the longest tenured teams they haven't really gotten a significant push they're both really really talented we talked about this ad nauseum last week about how the riot squad needs and deserves a push so that's the immediate thing i'm looking at because when i look at the the landscape of smackdown and granted i know it's only a two-hour show what's the other women's storyline on smackdown specifically other than bailey and bianca right now nothing there ain't one there is a one there is a one two two hour show though you know, I don't, I, I, I don't, I, I don't mind if if they focus on one storyline and it's chunky. It's got meat on the bone, right? And there's plenty of meat there with Bianca and, and Bailey. But you have an incredibly stacked women's division on SmackDown. We haven't seen Sasha for a while. I'm sure Sasha will come back and she'll she can immediately insert herself anywhere, and yeah. there will be a storyline for her because she's Sasha Banks. But you have all these other women that you're not utilizing right now. Mm-hmm. So if Tamina and Natalia are SmackDown superstars, if you start feuding them with a SmackDown tag team, so who's well, this team, Rick? Who oh, are they? Damn it. Patience, I'm getting there. <laughs> because if I'm setting up SmackDown for the foreseeable future here, I'm looking mm-hmm. at three specific women's stories on SmackDown. Bailey and Bianca for the next few weeks. The women's tag team title picture with uh, Natty and Tamina versus the Riot Squad. Mm-hmm. And then I look at two other really talented women who are on SmackDown right now. And I'm going, mm-hmm. what are they doing? And they are not doing a damn thing. And, and who I'm- are these players? I'm sitting here and I'm wondering, could you do something with Carmella and Mia Yim? Ah, Mia Yim uh, brought over to SmackDown recently. I don't think they've utilized. I don't think she's even been on TV. It's not even official yet. Like with, she's just been reportedly moved over there, but they haven't, she hasn't been on TV yet. And that's my thing is like, wait a minute. You have, you have these two superstars who are both really good. Carmella who is your longest tenured superstar on SmackDown. I don't think she's ever been on Raw since they did the brand. No, no. She has not moved at all. Former Women's Money in the Bank winner, technically two-time winner, uh, former Women's Champion, been very underutilized in these last couple of years. I look back at this and I go, could you do something with these two women? Not saying shoehorn them together into a tag team, no. but could you do something similar? Not exactly the same, but could you do something similar like what you did with Sheamus and Cesaro? Remember when you had Sheamus and Cesaro and they were pretty much warring with each other and they became a tag team through Mick Foley looked looked at them and said, I see something in you guys. You guys don't like each other. I see something in you. I'm going to make you guys beat the holy hell out of each other for seven matches. And then I'm going to force you guys to 
put your differences aside and team up and you guys are going to realize how much you have in common and how good you are. Yeah, you good, have- a good oil and water combination. You know, flat. Yeah. You, you get a lot of sizzle with Carmella. You get a lot of steak with me. And Yim. I wouldn't mind. And, that. and at the time, and at the time, Cesaro and Sheamus, that was that was a team we all looked at and went, that's this is weird. I don't know how this is going to work. But they became the top team in the company. And then you look at the bar. And we're going, man, we missed the bar. Those guys were great together. They were. They were really they were. good. They were, undeni- they were undeniably good together. Now they're having single six success. I'm not saying Mia Yim and Carmella is a slam dunk, but I'm t- I'm looking at those two very talented individually. Could you do some kind of a rivalry here where Mia's trying to 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 make her bones, where she's trying to make a name for herself on SmackDown, and you got Carmella, who is the the senior member of the brand, former women's champion, who's trying to to reclaim that success, mm-hmm. and then have those two feud up for a while, for a few weeks, maybe have three, four, five matches with one another. And then all of a sudden there's some kind of mutual respect there. And like, Hey, if we, if we band together and we team up here, we could take on the SmackDown women's division together. And maybe all of a sudden you build yourself, you build yourself an actual honest to goodness tag team instead of, Oh, Hey, here's Lana and Naomi. Now they're a tag team. I think I have a new Ricochino nickname. I've called, called you. I've I- called you nitpick Rick. When I think you're, you're reaching for a detail with your tweezers. Yes. But I, I think we're going to go with make it click, Rick. You're going to make it click. You're just going to get the pieces together like Legos. There we go. That, that's what I think we got here. I'm just trying to get more more, more women on television. That's all. You've, you've certainly built up the, the women there in WWE. Uh, le- before we we, uh, we wrap up the big WWE stories here, we will talk to Bronson Reed and Cody. Don't worry. That's coming. Hey, if you're watching this on demand, you can zip ahead. Right? <laughs> what, is, what does it matter? Good. You absolutely could. Yeah. Uh, we get the news here from Andrew Zarian, who's, who's been breaking some big stories recently. He's That's under bad. the Wrestling Observer banner. Uh, tip of the cap to him and the Matt Men podcast. Uh, I've uh, chatted with him a handful of times online. Great guy. Uh, he has found the scoop here. It was going in this direction, but now certainly it seems like uh, we're, we're close to this very big confirmation. I think there will be a huge media rollout by WWE officially to say this. Uh, I think they made quite the play uh, in terms of their publicity department when they found out the news last week. They are launching a 25-city tour. They're going to announce those dates in chunks, which I think is smart, too. Uh, They announced dates this week in Kansas City and Cleveland as a part of this tour. They will do a loop mainly through Texas for that first pay-per-view run in mid-July. Now we're finding out they will be in Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada, at the new Allegiant Stadium, the home of the, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. So the National Football League. It's what? So weird to say Vegas Raiders. It's just so damn weird. Just Oakland Raiders. The <laughs> Oakland Raiders of Las Vegas. We're we gonna go that route, like, like, like they do with, uh, with the, the Anaheim, Angels? the yeah. Anaheim, the Los Angeles yeah. Angels of Anaheim. Yeah, they're the uh, Oakland Raiders of Las Vegas. Yeah, the, the, the general West Coast Raiders. Yeah, you want to do that? Let's do that. Even though they're not even on the coast. By the way, something I just realized: we went from the Buccaneers for WrestleMania mm-hmm. to the Raiders. For uh, for SummerSlam, are they going to reuse the pirate ship? <laughs> Just bring it back out. Just bring, bring out the pirate ship. Save some put, cash. Put, come on, come on. Put put some summer stuff on it. You know, <laughs> put put a put a couple Paint of palm trees on it. Paint it black and put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> we paid for the thing. It's got cannons on it. Um, so they are going to present SummerSlam, the biggest party of, of the summer, uh, at that stadium. Uh, so big live event rollout by WWE summer. Uh, I don't want to say everything's in pause. We're getting a hell in a cell before we right. get money in the bank in July. Uh, we, we've heard a lot of rumblings of what WWE wants to do this summer. I do think there will be more eyeballs on WWE this summer than there was this 
this fall or this spring or this entire pandemic period because people are going to want to see what wrestling's like with WWE in front of live crowds. Yeah, uh, I, I've talked to my uh, one of my one of our peers here, uh, John Clark. Uh, buddy works over at Wrestle Zone. He's heading to Money in the Bank. He's got a ticket, and he I, says it, uh, he's based on how he bought his tickets. And you look at the seating map. There's there is no capacity limits with this show, uh, and they are having people sign waivers. I don't know if that's going to be the same everywhere they go. Uh, there may be different regulations at WWE. If they go to Las Vegas, my presumption is hopefully by that point, uh, if, if there is some regulation and there is some limitation on capacity, this is still going to look like a big, big deal when they oh, get yeah. through the summer and we're there at that that weekend. I believe the date is August 22nd. Uh, well, that, that, here's the interesting thing. This has changed up now because there's some there's some conflict here. Right. Well, the, from uh, your, your boy Andrew, from mm-hmm. what he said, from what he's heard, the date is the 21st, which would be a Saturday night. Saturday, Saturday night, night review. SummerSlam, which sign me the hell up. I am all for major events on Saturdays. WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Super Bowls. Put these damn things on Saturday so we all have a recoup, or at least, you know, sorry, you poor bastards who work Sunday mornings. Most of us can have a recoup day on Sunday. You, you and I with that insane up. radio schedule would love it. You know what I mean? You and I with with waking up at 3 a.m., we'd be like, yeah, sure, let's do that. Oh, my God, you know? dude, WrestleMania 35, when Woo. it ended at like 1.30 in the morning and I had to get up at 3.30 to go to work, <sighs> oh, that was hell. I don't know. I mean, there's some people that don't want to do that on a Saturday night, though. Is that a night you went off? You know? Screw them. They don't know how to fall. Now and then. You know, maybe something. <laughs> I don't think it's something you want to do with every show. You know, Sunday night's pay-per-view night for WWE. That's their night. You know, yeah, and, and well, and and when AEW first started doing their their pay per views, everybody loved the fact that they were on Saturday. Now, Double or Nothing is on Sunday this week, and I'm sitting here and I'm going, "Why isn't this on Saturday? Like, why are we?" Why ah, are we well, it's it's a Memorial Day weekend, so yeah. I think putting it on a Sunday is like putting it on a Saturday. It's a, that's we work in radio, Kevin. There's no such thing as Memorial Day for us. Tell me, <laughs> tell me you're off on Monday, please. Go ahead, tell me you're off. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Neither am I. In fact, I have to get up even earlier. That what I usually do because the more senior news anchor is the one who gets the day off. Yeah, he's doing news. I'm I'm talking about BS between Green Day and Pearl Jam, so it's a different world. <laughs> um, but yeah, but, no, that, but that's- Las Vegas. That's I mean, you talk about fans wanting to travel out for something. If if they weren't going to travel out for the Money in the Bank show, which is by by as far as we know, could be sold out. As far like when I was checking this morning, we we're we we're talking like less than a thousand tickets, a couple hundred tickets, and that's really? face value ticket. So Holy the crap. the resale market for these shows is going to be huge. Also, WWE hasn't done a huge show in Las Vegas in a long, long time. Real big, real big demand for traveling to things this summer. Uh, and they haven't announced all these dates and these 25 dates that they want to do before Labor Day. Doesn't mean they won't pull back on that, by the way. Uh, and no house shows in this. These are just strictly television. You're only getting Raw, SmackDown, and the pay-per-views. No NXT. They're going to stay in the Capitol Wrestling Center for the foreseeable future. So uh, but SummerSlam, Las Vegas, big move by WWE. Yeah, and the interesting thing that's going to be here is, God, is is the branding because there there's so much that you would love to do with like you know special shows and things like that in in Las Vegas. But man, AEW has kind of cornered the market on on gambling and 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 cards and and doing all those kind of references and tie in <laughs> things like that. So it's going to be interesting to see. You know how how much it, WWE kind of plays into to that doesn't mean shit. 
<laughs> so I'll, I'll say that it don't mean shit. What? Because they have a couple of uh, casino chips in their logo or anything like that. I mean, and this is this is no shot at AEW. WWE will put the shine on this with their media partners, and they will make this into a very very big deal. And I will say, I dare I say it, they will try and make this SummerSlam as big as WrestleMania, oh, if yeah. not bigger. Yeah. All sure. right. And this leads to the other rumblings we've heard with this year's SummerSlam and what WWE has in store for the summer. The biggest of them is two words, John Cena. All right. There is a lot of indication that John Cena is going to dust up his sneakers, put back on his jorts as he's ready to come back into the box office and follow the 2011-2012 Dwayne The Rock Johnson becomes The Rock again model. Because what did The Rock do then, 10 years ago? Got himself on social media, recorrected his management, recorrected his Hollywood reputation, reminded wrestling fans that he's still The Rock. When you come and see me in a movie, I'm still The Rock. And what is John Cena going to do with his wrestling fans who haven't seen him in the ring in a long, long time? He's going to say, hey, I'm in Fast 9. I'm a bad guy in this, but I'm still a badass in the WWE. You love me in WWE. I'm going to do some WWE stuff here, and uh, why don't you go check me out as the movie theaters are open again. Wrestling is open again. I'm John Cena. I'm a big star. Oh, by the way, I have another TV show coming out on HBO Max. It's all going to correlate. The math there makes sense to me. John Cena's back. Another big player for WWE that would be back before uh, SummerSlam, big show, big payday, is another part-time feature player. I don't like to say part-time. It's like feature player. Edge. If we get Edge back, we get John Cena back in the mix. Possibly get Brock Lesnar back too. Possibly you want to talk about Brock Lesnar. Handful of big names. Becky Lynch is still, when when is she going to hop back into this thing here? Uh, so you got a lot of people, I think, that were waiting for fans to come back. And so they could be associated with selling tickets. So, like those say, are those are a handful of names that, that move tickets. You're, you're starting to get my mind working here, right? Because if I'm looking at all of these names that you said, and I'm sitting here, I'm going, okay, how would I book this person? How would I put this person? I'm like, okay, well, Bobby Lashley is the WWE champion right now. Okay, there's Bobby and Brock. Let's finally give us that big matchup there. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Cena, how would I bring him back? Boy, Roman Reigns sure does look unstoppable right now. Doesn't really have a huge opponent, an obvious huge opponent there uh, for SummerSlam. Okay, let's give us Roman and John Cena there. Uh, bro, who is the other one that you said? Uh, Edge. Edge. Edge coming back. That's the one that's difficult because it's, well, actually it's not because there's a myriad of guys. Edge and Seth Rollins. Boom. Okay, done. That That's fine. Give us that dream matchup there if uh, Seth Rollins isn't going to be going up with Roman Reigns. And then Becky Lynch, who my prediction right now is she's going to be back by Money in the Bank. I think she's going to win the Money in the Bank. Doesn't mean she has to cash in anytime soon. I'm booking Bailey and Becky at SummerSlam with Becky being the briefcase holder at that. You, you, were pri- that- you were prying when you were talking to Bailey. You were pushing that. Oh, hell yeah, I was. Hell yeah, because th- if you think about it, that is the big four horse women feud we have not seen yet. They finally gave us Bailey and, and Sasha on the main roster. Becky and Bailey is long overdue. It, it keeps Becky away from the title picture immediately upon her arrival because you know, and Kevin, I'm going to keep poking poking the bear here because you're going to rant here soon. You know people are going to shit on it the second that Becky shows back up and, oh, she's right back in the title picture again. You know people are going to get mad about that. You know people are going to get mad about that because they get mad about everything. It's like, here we go, another four horsewoman getting the title shot. You know, just, you know that's what people are going to do. So, yeah, give her the briefcase. But let her hold on for it for a while. Let her feud with Bailey, and then I'm gonna breathe. I'm gonna breathe, Rick. I'm gonna breathe it out. I'm gonna breathe it out. Okay, because this 
This, but you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna top of my head. That's where I'm going with SummerSlam with those. Matches. I need to pull myself away because there's there are some wrestling fans online that I need to say some things to. But before we get to that, we do have to talk to someone who has a feel good story. All right, yeah. feel good story. Maybe the best working big man in professional wrestling. I don't care where you are. All right, this is a man who uses his size in a dynamic and destructive way. And on top of it, the guy's got a heart of gold. He's over on WWE NXT Tuesday nights on the USA Network. Check it out as well on Peacock. He is the new WWE NXT North American champion, taking the title off Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Gargano. No, it's all about Big Braun, baby. It's all about Bronson Reed, our guest this week on the Inside Cradle. Let's get to it. With Johnny this past week, the finish in particular, because you had a chance to walk out of the cage and you did yes. you emphatically slammed it shut climbed up to the top rope hit the big tsunami got the one two three i think it made for such a, a perfect ending to that match and really added to that title victory yeah I, I, you said it perfect emphatically that's what the way i wanted to win i wanted to make a uh, a statement win not only am i the new north american champion but i did it by not escaping the cage not walking through the door but by hitting my, you know, the tsunami and getting the one, two, three. Right. And it was kind of symbolic too, right? Because you could have taken the easy way out. Yes. You chose I not to. Yeah. I, I grabbed that door. I slammed it shut. I walked to that top rope and uh, that's all she wrote. Uh, a big win, not only for you, but for Australia as well. I mean, you guys are, we're, we're starting to see a bit of a takeover here in, in <laughs> yeah. WWE. Yeah, definitely. There's, there's three champions now in, uh, in WWE, myself, Rhea Ripley, Indy Hartwell, and with the Australian wrestling scene, how it is at the moment, I can see that there'll be a lot of future Australian champions in the WWE. And this is kind of a, a, a big deal for your country because you guys are trying to, to carve a path that really hasn't been carved before. Yes. You know, as a child growing up, huge wrestling fan, like I had so many favorite wrestlers, but I wish that one of them could have been Australian. You know, representation is a big thing. And I hope that myself, Indy, uh, Rhea, the people that are doing these things hopefully inspire a whole new generation back home. Of course, a major title win. That means you got to go back. You got to get the photo with Triple yes. H. You the, know, point. What, the pointing photo, iconic. You know, what, what was that reception like when you got backstage? And, and what did Triple H say to, you, say to you if you're willing to divulge that? Yeah, I mean, again, that stuff is so overwhelming. I got backstage. There was a big round of applause from all my peers, which it makes you even more like tear up more. And uh, the first people I see are, are Shawn Michaels and Triple H and they both embraced me, hugged me, congratulated me. Uh, and I said to Triple H that uh, this is, you know, I'm going to work hard because I want more of these. I want more, more championships. Sure. Uh, and he said to me, this is only the beginning. So uh, it means a lot to me that he's instilled his faith into me. And, you know, that's the first finger point photo. Hopefully there'll be more. Many, many more. And, you know, we've already brought it up a couple of times here. You know, the, the big story coming out of this was that that 14-year journey. You talked about, what, 11, 10, 11 years on the indie scene in Australia before he came yeah. over. You know, looking on all of that back now, you know, what was what was that most difficult part for you and how rewarding does it feel now knowing where you are here today as the new North American champion? Yeah, I think the most difficult part for me was that uh, Australian wrestling for the longest time was just not seen on the same level as uh, – obviously here in the USA or the UK scene, the Japanese scene, it sort of was forgotten about. And 
Uh, Australian wrestling in the 60s, 70s was a huge market. It was on television. We had stars like Andre the Giant, those sort of people come to Australia to be able to be seen. Uh, and I wanted to try and get back to that. So in my journey in Australia, I was trying to push for Australian wrestling to be the best it can be and then get to a global stage like this and hopefully elevate it again. Let's talk about Johnny Gargano for a second here. Uh, you'd be hard-pressed to find anyone who doesn't consider him one of the greatest performers in, in NXT history. The only, multi, the only multi-time North American champion to date. You know, what was that experience like you know, working with him, and what did you take away from these last two big matches that the two of you had? Uh, I think he's an incredible talent. Uh, he, he's definitely uh, someone that uh, you respect even more once you've been in the ring with him. Uh, and I'd love to be able to face him again. You know, I hope that's not the last time that we get to uh, sh have a showdown in the ring. Um, but for now, I'd like to open my championship to different people. All right, that's that's fair, and we'll we'll get to that coming up in a little bit. But yeah. you know, just kind of staying with Johnny here, it, it was a great yeah. story that the two of you told. Uh, you know, last Tuesday, obviously, uh, Johnny having to do whatever he could to overcome the the size advantage that you had. Yes. Found a way to power bomb you. Uh, I'm assuming yeah. that hasn't ha that hasn't happened too much in your career, I would assume. No, uh, <laughs> the only other person I can think of that's power bombed me is Walter. So. <laughs> You can see that. <laughs> okay, that that's that's a notch in the cap for Johnny right there. Um, you know, you, two different, completely different wrestlers. There, you talk about Johnny Gargano and Walter. Uh, for you, do you prefer wrestling the smaller opponent like Johnny, where you can use your size to advantage, or do you like standing toe to toe with the big boys? I love doing both. I think both have different benefits. I think maybe stylistically, the bigger man, smaller man match is better. I think it can be a little bit more exciting. You know, if, if you look at something like an Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels, like it's just, it works so well. There's such a dynamic there. Um, so I think that's why myself and, and Johnny has worked really well on, on television. And it's, it's kind of, um, I don't know, it's kind of a reverse dynamic there because typically when you got the smaller guy going up against the, the, the bigger guy, it's the smaller guy, mm -hmm. like Daniel Bryan, who's trying to overcome the Dave Batista, and he's got the, the crowd yes. on reverse roles this time around. Yeah, it's it's definitely a different story that way. So um, I think I think it's still exciting to watch. You know, I'm me. Like I've always been honest with with all of the fans. I've always been honest as a performer that you get Bronson Reed is is just me everyday life, but just turned up to ten. So I, I hope that people uh, got behind me and are happy to see a new champion. You tweeted out something late last night, and I'm glad you did, because uh, this is yeah. something that that kind of speaks to me as a as a bigger guy going through life. You know, you acknowledging that you don't look like what an athlete is supposed to look like. Yes, has battling that perception been a constant struggle throughout your career? Oh, 100 percent. So uh, when I started my career, I was maybe 40 pounds lighter. Uh, I knew that to get to where I wanted to get, I needed to get bigger. So I started doing some powerlifting. And along with powerlifting, I gained some weight. <laughs> so uh, I've always been that bigger guy, even as a teenager. Like, I've always just been a bigger sort of person. And it's something in the back of your mind that, like, hey, people are going to speak about this. And I still get it today. You know, you're going to get internet trolls that constantly say things. No, but, not on the internet. <laughs> but I hope that I can, again, be an inspiration to, to people of different bodies types that hey you can break the mold 
but you can still be successful. And uh, that tweet that I put up last night was actually a quote from Dusty Rhodes, and he's the perfect example of that. Yeah, so I mean, it's like, how do you get to that point, you know, where where you're comfortable with it and you're trying to to help other people along? Like, how did you you overcome, you know, the, the people saying that and insecurities and things like that? Yeah, I feel like um, nowadays we have so many hybrid athletes. You know, you have guys like Keith Lee and myself that aren't just your lumbering big guys. And I think that's where we prove people wrong. Like we can do whatever anyone else can do and more. Um, so for me, I've always had that positive mindset that positivity breeds positivity and negativity breeds negativity. So I just try to shut out the haters and uh, look at all the positive. All right. Well, let's let's look ahead to a lot of positives for you. You have said you are welcome to to all challengers, but you've also got some pretty lofty goals for this title run. You brought up uh, RVD yes. and his yes. 700 day reign as ECW <laughs> television champion. You want to do that for the uh, for the uh, North American title. So, you know, what needs to happen for you to have that kind of run? What What's going to help you achieve that goal? Uh, I think I just stay focused, stay on the same path that I'm on. Uh, my thing is. RVD was so inspiring through that ECW title run as the television champion because he made that championship almost the main championship. You know, you yeah. could arguably say when you're watching an ECW pay-per-view that, hey, I want to watch the television title match more than the ECW title match. And that's sort of my goal, whether it's a, a lengthy reign like that. I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm hoping so, but sure. I just want it to be that uh, the North American title matches are the ones that you have to watch. Absolutely love talking to Bronson Reed. There. What a he, conversation! I, you, you got me amped. You got me amped to pull up some old EC Dub, watch Bam Bam go at it, man. <laughs> the guy is, is just really just easy to talk to. Uh, pleasure, nice, nice guy. Uh, I'm, I'm rooting for him. I was happy when he won that championship, and uh, now that he looks like he's going up against uh, Santos Escobar, sign me the hell up for that. So, can yes. I can I get into this? Can I get oh, into this, I, this anticipated rant here? Was there, was there something you wanted to say? Is there something there you was, wanted to There was something I wanted to say. I'm cracking my knuckles. I'm getting a little loose here. I'm doing those, Jap I'm doing those Japanese grip rolls right here. Okay. Do, do one of these. Do one of these. Do the, Okay. Do the gonna, there you go. Do that. Okay. Oh, that felt great. It felt great. All right. It was a big NXT this week. Big main event. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what there was on television this week? Wrestling? One of the best wrestling matches of the year. One of the best all around. You know what there was the week before that? We had the Backlash pay-per-view. Yeah. And we had a show-making performance by Cesaro. We had a father and a son becoming tag team champions. Never been done. Yeah. All those things happened. But we're bitching. We gotta go on the internet and we gotta be, we gotta show how hard our, our heart is beating for wrestling, but not Vince McMahon's wrestling because Vince hates wrestling, right? He hates it and he hates and he doesn't listen. Vince, you know, Vince needs to go away. This is another reason why Vince needs to, Vince is too old. He needs to go away and they need to listen to me and follow me and my 12 uh, Twitter followers because we're really gonna change the world. And, uh, and, uh, hashtag, you know, insert other wrestling promotion here. Bullshit. <laughs> there are so many people. There are so many people that need that, that literally have to wipe the crap off their face on the internet right now. There are so many of you 
that say you want wrestling, you want it in the ring, you want to build a bell, you want characters, you want it gritty. I don't want money at Raw. I don't want this. I was like, then why aren't you watching NXT? Why aren't you watching the TV 14 style rating that you got that was not rated TV 14, but you got an edgy Finn Balor. You got New Japan Finn Balor. You got rock and roller Bullet Club Too Sweet Finn Balor getting crushed by a walking apocalypse. The modern reincarnation of Brock Lesnar, Karrion Cross, powerbombing him into hockey boards, beating him into submission. The closest you're going to see a New Japan Strong Style match presented in WWE on free television. Wasn't even on Peacock. They could have put that on pay-per-view and people would have been raving about it, but it's on television, all right? And you slept on it and you didn't treat it like what it is, but when there's zombies and a marketing tie-in, y'all have to, oh, we, we, we got to out-troll each other. Don't die. I see someone trolling. I, I, I got I to gotta, I gotta jump on the troll train. All right, put on your dumb wig. You're a clown. That's what you are. You're all just trying to out clown each other here. All right, and guess what? You're the same people bitching, but you're the same people. They're gonna want to buy tickets to the shows. They're coming out this summer. Yeah, and you're the same people that if there's an eight, I'll I'll put it out here too. You're the same people that like kind of like you do want to say something bad about AEW, but you're not gonna because you've already said so many bad things about WWE. But I'm not gonna take a side, but I am gonna troll. Just show your biases, show your cards. You know what I mean? And I'm saying this because there's some people I want to say by name, and I'm not doing this to stir the pot. There are some people that do things with wrestling content online like we do that literally build their entire thing around talking shit, right? And just crapping on things. And you can come at us if you guys are in the comments. Vince Russo is very mean on Raw. We have Legion Raw, him him and Dr. Chris Featherstone, a uh, grill raw and, and, they, and they, they, they make good fun of it, but that's their opinion and they articulate it and they make, they make their case on it. All right. And that's what they think. I don't share the opinion with them, but it's a very entertaining show. I can allow people who I don't agree with to be entertaining. Yes. See, the problem Kev is I, I, I could go further about who these people are, but I don't want to do that. Cause I don't want the, I don't want the crap. Here's the thing. Kev. Negativity sells. Negativity gets clicks. And it, it, it's unfortunate. I see I see accounts on Twitter. All they do is just put out negativity day after day. Everything on WWE sucks. Uh, uh, this person sucks. They can't wrestle this, that, and the other thing. Oh, why are they doing this? They should have done this. And they have 20,000 followers, 30,000 followers, 40,000 followers, and they get retweets and likes and, and, and all this stuff. It, it, Twitter is a cesspool of negativity and it drives me insane because i can't how come you can't love wrestling as much as you apparently hate it you can love it as as well as long as you love to hate it that's that's the thing is you can love wrestling as long as you love to hate wwe and crap on wwe over and over and i'm not follow it but still follow it right and i'm not saying that what w everything wwe does is gold no No. there's a balance but then look at nxt Let's talk to Bronson Reed. Look at NXT. That NXT show last night was awesome. Awesome. It was incredibly entertaining. NXT is 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 great. <laughs> NXT is is firing on all cylinders right now. SmackDown, more often than not, is fantastic. Some of the best character work in all of wrestling is being done on SmackDown every week with Roman Reigns. He is the best 
thing in wrestling. I don't care what no, you no, say. Rick, we, no, Rick. I don't care how big of an AEW you are. Rick, Roll we need to bitch, though. Right Rick, do, Rick, Rick, don't tell us we can't bitch. <laughs> we came to bitch first. Look, I've been caught bitching before. I'll still bitch about Goldberg beating Bray Wyatt in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> I mean, but sure. it, it's it's things that are are... are merited like i will give constructive criticism but i'm not going to be overly negative for the sake of, of of driving up clicks and it drives me insane because i try to be positive more often than not the, when, when does it balance out when does when does balor and cross get their roses when does why, why wasn't bronson reeds when like treated like the breakthrough that it should be yeah all right and it didn't get what it deserves all right, and I, I'll, I'll say this to the people that go on and want their little internet tribalism too. The, the you're gonna get it this Sunday because we're gonna talk about AEW here in a minute. There's been some challenges when AEW goes and puts on a show on pay per view. Their last pay per view put out the exploding barbed wire death match and had some duds at the end, and people were really critical of it. And those guys and gals went out there and poured their hearts out, and there was something circumstantial they didn't control. AEW kind of has, with those big matches on pay-per-view, a challenging record. All right. There's some anticipation. $50. $50 a pop. You know? Yeah. Still some growing you know? pain with, with AEW. And look, they, they do a lot of good stuff. They do some stuff that drives me nuts. And it's the same thing with WWE. It's not all good. It's not all bad for both companies, for all wrestling companies. Yeah. So, yeah, I get what you're saying. people. But when it comes to WWE... I'm, I'm just preparing myself for the bullshit of people like this on Sunday, too. I'm getting ready for the post-show on Sunday after, after Double the, or Nothing. The bottom line is there are people... There are a lot of people out there, for one reason or another, whether it's justified or not, do not like Vince McMahon, so they do not want to support his product, even though they watch it. And even their though they entire, it, their entire they internet, it. Their entire internet presence is based on this thing. Their entire internet presence is based on this. If you come off, off like WWE, as long as they crap on it, that's that's yeah. basically the moral code. There. If you come off like Fox News when you're talking about wrestling, I'm done with you. Oh, yeah. I'm done with you. And I don't care if you have there's more people watching your thing or following your Twitter or following your Instagram or sharing your memes. I don't care. It's fine. You know what I mean? And 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 I get where people like that stuff. And uh, you know, a car crash makes people turn their heads. Right? Yeah. Good on you. All right, but. I'd rather not drag my knuckles on the ground. Is that fair to say? You ever heard that term? I, I have, uh, and I'm, I'm there with you. I will be negative when it when it's merited. Yes. I will pull my hair out when it's merited. But how come you're not loving it when it's so good? How come you're not telling me the same thing? If you're not enjoying it, don't watch it. It's pretty No, but, but I mean, like, why does it balance out? Why, why aren't you telling me when it's so good and it balances out? And I'm not talking about what promotion it is. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't and matter who's presenting it. You don't I don't, to, know why. I don't don't catch me saying I like the WWE thing. Like, I, I, you know, my, my thing on Twitter is like, I shit on it. You know, I mean, I right. may like it, but I'm not going to talk about that. Right. And that's the other thing is like there's there's people out there who think they're they're part of the show, like they're working, like they got to be like the the heel or the good guy or whichever they're they're hang angling. on. Hang on. Hang on. I, give me a second. My eyes are rolling here. I, I know I, I roll my <laughs> neck here, but my eyes are rolling really hard there. Uh, but yeah, there, there's a lot of people who are working out there. Uh, I'm not one of them. I, I'm a guy who will give my my straight opinion. <laughs> Let's get I into this. Sometimes um, I get tested for it. Sometimes I don't. We have, we have Bronson there. He's the, he's a big champion on NXT. Uh, but this incredible match 
Uh, Finn Balor challenging a rematch for the NXT championship on free television. Ratings came in on it. They did right around 700,000, which is basically the same rating they had the week before. Uh, They were up against NBA basketball. Am I correct? They had playoff basketball they were up against? Yeah, so uh, they, so not a monster rating, but a strong, incredible match. If you haven't seen it, go see it. Karrion Cross gets the big win here. It doesn't matter if there's a spoiler. This is just a brilliant, brilliant match. Told a great story. Really cemented Cross as just this top-level guy and maybe his best match of his career so far. Uh, what do you, What's next for him? What do you do? I have no earthly idea, and I don't know who the hell is taking that title off of him, to be completely honest with you. You look at the landscape of... Uh, of NXT right now, I can't think of a competitor that is on that active roster that has taken that championship off of him anytime soon. I look at believable guys. I mean, he already squashed Tommaso, Tommaso Ciampa, like yeah. decimated Tommaso Ciampa. I would love to see Ciampa get his championship back, but it looks like they just keep going, getting further and further away from that ever, ever happening. Now, I, I see Ciampa being like the gatekeeper franchise guy. Who doesn't yeah. get a belt for NXT? And that's okay. That's still a very good position. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, they they want their next their next guys that they're gonna that they're grooming up for the top. They want them to have the that NXT gold so they can they can move them up with some clout. But I so don't. So what do you do with Balor now? Because you, you got Balor now. Who he? I don't want to say he moved down. I don't like saying that. He moved over to NXT. He had a run in the main roster. You know, he did the stuff with Lesnar. It was over with. He had the Intercontinental title. It went it went by. He did the Demon thing there, and it kind of lost this luster, which was, you know, he would become a demon with the, the face paint and everything, and that was special. He had the injury, you know, when he won the Universal title that first night. He had a lot of ups and downs there. Uh, then went to NXT, kind of refound himself. Do you move him over Raw? Move him over SmackDown? What do you do with him? Raw, hands down. Monday Night Raw. I know I saw people put it saying, hey, he needs to go to SmackDown. He needs to feud with, with Roman Reigns. I would agree with you, but that roster is already so stacked, and again, it's only a two-hour show. The brand that absolutely needs an injection of main event ready mm-hmm. level talent is Monday Night Raw, hands down. We're sitting here talking about who's gonna who's gonna face Bobby Lashley next. You know, is it gonna be Drew McIntyre? Is it gonna be Kofi Kingston? Okay, well, who's after that? Finn Balor makes a ton of sense. Now, have, they, not- have they ever done Sheamus and Finn Balor? Oh, I, I don't think they have. I can't remember to be completely honest with you. Now, uh, if, I if, on Lashley and, and, and Finn Balor, they've, before, they've probably done it as a singles on television, but I don't think they've ever done like a full fledged program together. I, I don't remember one to be, to be on nothing. Nothing comes to mind. Oh man. The, honest, Irish, the, my, the Irish is brewing in me. Come on. We, we do ooh, I the United States championship. Of all uh, I'm, I'm okay with, but, Hey, it's the, uh, the Irish American dream. Dude, come on. I'm, come I'm on. bringing Finn Balor over to raw as an immediate main event level player. As long as they don't fall into the same traps that they did when they brought him out the first time because they, they lean too much on the demon. And everybody likes to ask about the demon because it's this it's this great character, this this great visual that he brought up, but they they crutched it too much. They lean too much on it to where if he was in a big match and he wasn't the demon, you knew he was losing. Like Finn Balor could not win. He needed the demon to win. If they're going to bring him over to Raw, it's got to be this same prince character the same attitude badassery whatever you want to call it that's the Finn Balor you need on Raw don't go back to the old stuff that that you were doing eventually the demon will come back and that's fine but you can't lean on it like they used to otherwise just leave him in NXT because he's all right so if you're an AEW person maybe you skipped ahead this far don't worry (laughs) 
<laughs> we, we, we have more than enough from you. We'll run down the AEW card here. We did have the big media call that Cody Rhodes, one of the executive vice presidents of All Elite Wrestling, presents here the week of a pay-per-view. Yes, this is a pay-per-view in the traditional sense. You're paying that big one-shot uh, pay-for-your-view price here. And Cody Rhodes really talking about this card. Uh, but you got a question in during this media call. Uh, that involves uh, someone who's quite upset with the way that uh, the <laughs> AEW rolls out their merchandise here. Let's jump into this clip if we can. Yeah. Sure that I got my question in on the AEW conference call with Cody Rhodes for Double or Nothing. I sent it in as a write-in. So here <laughs> is what I did ask Cody. Uh, Hakura Shida has held the AEW Women's Championship for over a year now, while Dr. Britt Baker has steadily become one of the top stars in the entire company. What is your excitement level and expectations for this match? And if Dr. Britt Baker wins, will she finally get her action figure? Well, the latter part of that question, let me just go ahead and clear this up. I am not in control of the action figures. I, I am not. That you can, you can chalk that up to Jeremy at Jazzwares, who does an incredible job, his team. I, I can say this. They are going to make the action figures that sell. That's why some of them have been over-indexed. Unfortunately, that's been me. And I don't know if you've seen the end of my action figures in sight, but I am terrified every time he makes an action figure announcement. I, she's got to be on the list soon. I mean, she's one of the world's most popular wrestlers going into one of the most anticipated matches of the weekend. With respect to Sheeta, I called myself the ace at AEW in a promo not too long ago. And uh, I would say the only reason I can't fully commit to that is because Sheeta has been the ace in terms of her ability to compete at a high level with the title, to keep the title, um, and her celebration coming up uh, tomorrow night on Dynamite, having been the champion for, for so long. I'm very excited to see their match. I don't think she does someone who currently can be beat. That's just my opinion. But what I love about their match is the same thing I love about Miro's match. It's the same thing I love about the Casino Battle Royale, about myself versus Anthony Gogo, uh, the, the world championship on the line, is that this pay-per-view is truly, and we're not using that hyperbolic wrestling language, but every match could be a main event on this pay-per-view. And that's going to make for an absolutely combustible, insanely fun double or nothing. Now, for the record, when I sent in that writing question, the 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 action figure part was a joke. Okay. It was like tongue in cheek when I asked it. But here's the thing: when you send in a writing question, the context gets lost. So yes. in retrospect, I shouldn't have hit send on that part <laughs> because I wasn't actually like asking about the action. <clears throat> I knew he had nothing to do with it. I was just, I was hoping to get a laugh out of him basically. Uh, so that's where it kind of backfires and not actually asking the question myself, but I did want him to talk about this matchup because this is the one that I am most excited about. The Karashida has really elevated the women's division in, in AEW. You, Kevin, you talked about how nobody would really talk uh, bad about AEW or they, they try not to, but it was always the, the women's division was the thing they would jump on. Yeah. That was the thing that they would jump on. But all of a sudden, man, this women's division has really, really come along, especially uh, you know, outside of these two. We talk about Jade Cargill and, uh, and red velvet and uh, Thunder Rosa has added a lot uh, to this. Uh, Serena Deeb has added a lot to the women's division as well. So all of a sudden they have some real players here. And, and Sheeta has really elevated the women's division. But over the course of this last year plus, Dr. Britt Baker has become the face of, I think, not only 
the women's division. She's become one of the top two faces of AEW, period. I think it's her time. And it's, got, that th- it's, a, a, it's that Thunder Rosa match. It's that Thunder Rosa match back in, in March that yeah. did it. Yeah. And, and she and she didn't win that match. <laughs> she <laughs> did, but she needs to win this weekend. Yeah, and, and it's worth year. it's worth noting when people bring up how great that match was. It was the first AEW women's main event on television, and you know, were, were they given the women enough time? They always had that storyline. They were building it there, and it became this bigger deal. And Britt came out and cut this promo as if the match didn't even happen. And Thunder Rosa is not even completely under contract with the company. She has the that agreement with NWA or whatever. Uh, they still needed to focus her, and they put the shine back on her. And Kiyoshida had been the world champion in, in the wings, right? And there's been some ups and downs, but I do think this is the match around that time. I was like, they're going to get to this. And I like that they saved it for a pay-per-view. Yes. Uh, Baker's getting this belt. Baker's getting this belt. Uh, that, that is the direction to go. It is predictable, but I don't, I don't mind it. And I do like they're treating the idea that, you know, this celebration will do on television with this kind of moved in Friday night episode of dynamite because of the NBA playoffs, uh, try and make it special. Nice move. Uh, but Baker's getting this belt uh, on Sunday at the pay-per-view. Yeah, and the interesting thing now is because it's how does she to respond? And this is something that she did and uh, she talked about in an interview with SI is that's the interesting next chapter is what happens when she does lose the championship? How does she respond? How does that character respond? So there's there's I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that though. Like you gotta pull people back. Don't make it that obvious, you know. Well, I mean she she it's not like she was making it obvious, no. but saying if she, you know, she talked about how she had a lot of respect, you know, for Brit outside of the kayfabe world. She has a lot of respect for Britt Baker and her passion for the business. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she basically she was saying, and I took it out of context here, she was saying if she dropped the championship, there would be plenty of story for her to tell and plenty of avenues for her to go. So it's gonna be interesting, but I think you gotta. It would be an absolute mistake to not put the championship on Britt Baker uh, this weekend. It's her time. Uh, obviously, this whole pay-per-view is a stacked card. This is a really, really busy card. There's a lot going on here. Yep. 21-man 21, 21 Casino Battle Royale, the winner receiving a future AEW World Championship. Now, the way this works is uh, they come out in groups of seven, uh, like, like, a, like a deck of cards, and, and then you have your wild card, your joker, uh, and that'll be some surprise appearance. Uh, now, the last AEW pay-per-view, uh, there was much anticipation and there was promoted that someone new would sign with the company. It was Christian Cage, right? Yeah. And and that he and that he, they were going to get CM Punk and CM Punk and Punk made no notion of it. Uh, he, he didn't deny on social media. Uh, since then, things have changed quite a bit uh, because now you have fans saying, well, it'll be Samoa Joe. It'll be one of the people released from WWE recently in that crop of releases. It can't be them. I don't oh. mean to kill the rumor, by the way. They are in a position with their contracts when they're released. Those don't come up until July. All right, so they're just not in a position to do that now. Uh, it is worth noting, people bring up Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan. Uh, his contract came to an end. He yeah. is legally free, as far as we know, publicly at this moment, to appear and wrestle for another promotion if he wanted to do so. Uh, so that is in play, but... We've heard a lot of indication that he's just waiting to come back to WWE on his own terms at a specific time in a very specific way. Though he's noted he wants to wrestle some people in all elite wrestling. Uh, more importantly, Kenny Omega, who just happens to be the what? The, a- the AEW World Champion. And the winner of this match gets a what? World title. Shot. Do you think there this is, is, is this how they bring in Brian Danielson to AEW? No, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. But it would be, if that you want to make a splash, and they do. Double or nothing. That's the show that they 
There's uh, always, my, my I, thing is I just don't think you, I don't I just don't think you would have Brian Danielson on your pay per view without promoting it. You know what I mean? Because you want to sell a pay per view. They're still in a position where they got to sell a pay per view, sure, right? And certainly fans who put their money down or follow it. Uh, are going to be like, oh wow, I feel so good that I bought this show and they gave me this great extra surprise. Because we'll okay. talk about this. They have, they have stadium, they have several title matches. Omega is in action. They have the stadium stampede, which is going to be ridiculous as well. So whatever's here, uh, it gets to that thing where you get a match. What else is on the card? Uh, now, based on where this is positioned, if they open with this, it'll be light. It'll be somebody, but it'll be light. Uh, you know, they have Matt Seidel. They did in this uh, before. Uh, and this is how they want to do it. I do think this Casino Battle Royal concept, though, I don't want to say it's getting played out, uh, but it does become kind of like a catch-all for everyone else who doesn't have their own thing going on on the show. Yeah, it, it is, and it, it's one of those things where they're trying to come up with the, with their own their own thing, and you know, after 50 years of wrestling oh, yeah. and, and yeah. WWE having all these, these matches, it's kind of hard to come up with something that's really going to... No, they, they, they're, they're they going- need their own fundamental things, their own money in the bank, their own Royal Rumbles and stuff like that. They're I, creating their own language. I appreciate that. I, I, I just think that this one is... It, it's just such a predictable outcome. Like, this one is... If it's anybody other than Christian Cage that wins this match, I would legit be stunned. Like this is this is one that they set up weeks ago where Christian came in and he had that face off with with Kenny Omega and he talked about how no I'm not just going to ask for it I want to earn it here you freaking go here's your mm-hmm. poker chip go out and earn your title match against Kenny Omega I I would be stunned if it's anybody other than Christian Cage to be completely honest with you uh, I think this could also be a show opener and he has been in this position before and he's done a very very good job with it Adam Hangman Page versus Brian Cage I could go either way on who could win this match. I think it's going to be Hangman, but it should be Brian Cage. Um, I know everybody was legit stunned because Hangman had that big winning streak that was going on, and they were stunned when when Cage beat him. Cage should beat him. It, it, it's Brian Cage has been in AEW for a lot for a while now, and came in with just, a lot of hype. Came in with, came a, with lot a lot of hype. hype. He has not kind of like Miro. He's kind of hung around in the weeds for a while. Hasn't really picked up any significant victories. All of a sudden, Miro's on fire now. You got to start building Brian Cage up, man, and and get him up to that next level. I would book him to beat Hangman Adam Page. I think that's the more wrestling's all about being believable. I think that's the more believable outcome when you look at these two superstars. Yeah, I mean, they he came in like a house of fire. They brought him in. I believe he was in like a big ladder match. He came in and wrecked everybody, right? Yeah, and he, he won the opportunity. He, he won the casino ladder match. If memory serves correct, yeah, he won, that and won the shot at John Moxley, and he lost. And then yes. it's been in the weeds ever since. So uh, I think you gotta you gotta heat him up again. I agree. Uh, but Paige has always been somebody that people thought like you could ramp him up for a shot at Omega again. You know they had such a they had such a good thing before. Uh, so I could go either way with that. Uh, Cody Rhodes, who we spoke to a few minutes ago, is going to be in a unique position as he takes on Anthony Agogo. Anthony Agogo, decorated boxer. Uh, it comes into AEW now in a unique position. Uh, he has wrestled matches before. Uh, he has been featured in a, a kind of playing up the factory angle where he is he is from QT Marshall's factory and this is a, a, a faction that's broken off from uh, the American Nightmare group of Cody Rhodes and they've done some wild stuff in this angle with these two different groups and these two individuals now representing each faction I do think the build to this has been muddled to say to some degree uh, and it is a fun thing for Cody I don't know it's been fun to watch uh, I've, I've enjoyed some of it and a unique challenge here for Cody under underneath this. He has to get in there with a guy who has a lot of athletic skill, but 
can he go? Can he step into the ring and be able to do this thing as a boxer? It's a challenging situation for him, uh, but also he's legitimately dangerous. You know what I yeah, mean? This, this guy's booking has been tremendous. Like I wasn't sure about it at first, as far as like his actual matches, how they went, how they go down and book. And, like, the muddle part for me is all the faction stuff that goes on, where AEW sure, just yeah, yeah, just yeah. let a storyline sit by itself. Wins and losses. What happens in the ring? His booking has been perfect to a T. Do they keep it up? Because they should. He should beat the hell out of Cody Rhodes. He should hit a couple of them kidney putt. Cody can do the Superman thing that he loves to do where he can get up after two or three of them. But eventually, he's got to punch him really good. The blood sparks pouring out of his mouth, and the referee calls for the bell. You got to keep this up. I don't know if they do, but I'm hoping they do, so I'm going to pick a go-go on this one. I think it go go as well. It lines up. I mean, Cody has this reality show coming out sometime soon, and he's got to take uh, a break. He's got a kid on the way. He's got, a, he's got a baby coming on the way. You know, come on, people saw you do this. You have kids. Oh, he's got a kid coming on. He's dogging it. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm busting your chops there, Rick. I'm busting your chops. Oh, uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, so uh, this card uh has some. <clears throat> Big title matches on it. Uh, this one is the match I think I'm most looking forward to. Uh, I, I haven't really enjoyed the parody of themselves, heelish young bucks who are the AEW World Tag Team Champions. They won these as heroes, and I, I love that. Uh, and they go back and forth. They kind of yo-yo between being good guys and bad guys, and now they are bad guys. They're kind of a parody of themselves with uh, Kenny Omega, and it isn't the elite, but they're trying to be the elite. Uh, some guys who have stayed in the grain of who they are are John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. They're challengers. Do we get new tag team champions here? No, I don't think we will. I think we will eventually, but I don't think we're going to get it here. I think the mm -hmm. young will will find a way. They'll they'll beat Eddie Kingston. I think in this matchup, I don't think they get the pin on Moxley. But I think this is a this is a program that's going to have some some miles to it. Uh, and I think we'll we'll get it eventually. But I think the Young Bucks are going to retain here. If it was me, though, I would put the titles on 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 Moxley and uh, and Eddie Kingston because I think they're they're some of the best things that they're putting on television right now. These two just work so ridiculously well with one another. But at the same time, there's also money in the chase. So mm -hmm. I think you you stretch if they decide to stretch out the chase a little bit longer. I wouldn't be mad at that either. I wouldn't be either. This will be a fun event. They'll be able to do some fun, unique things. And also, I, I, I'm i always a fan of Eddie Kingston being featured. I'll be a little biased about that. I've been able to cut some problems with Eddie in the past. I'm always rooting for him. Uh, Miro versus Lance Archer. Miro is the new AEW TNT Championship uh, TNT champion here. Uh, and this is the closest we're going to get to a monster truck match. Uh, um, this is two big men, two big, beefy, meat-slapping men doing meat-slapping action. Uh, I think Miro gets out of this with the title, uh, how, but how do you keep Lance Archer strong? This guy didn't come over from New that, Japan to just be the the gatekeeper for somebody. He, he's another guy who's kind of fallen to the wayside, like uh, like Brian Cage has. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think Miro Miro's too hot right now, and this yeah. is going to be another way to make him look incredibly dangerous, incredibly strong, and and just book him how a lot of people wanted to be booked. Miro's going to win this matchup. It's going to be interesting to see how he wins this matchup. But Miro is keeping that title for sure. The Pinnacle versus the Inner Circle, Stadium Stampede 2. Now, Stadium Stampede was the first uh, featured double or nothing main event that they did when they had a shift with the, the, the pandemic, the early days of it, with almost no fans. 
yeah. uh, at at the the Daly's place, and they did this inside the TIAA Bank uh, Stadium, so the, the where the Jaguars play on that same campus they have in Jacksonville. Uh, so they're going to play in that same playground here, uh, a cinematic match. So you can do a lot of different unique things with that. You can go off and play and film this match completely ahead of time and, and do a lot of unique things with Chris Jericho said, this is one of his favorite matches of his career because it was so unique. They'll put a ring on the field. You'll get all of the spectacle. You'll get MJF versus Chris Jericho uh, and his team and an angle that's been going on for nine months. It's been a while. This is this is going to be the big blow off finally, and it's going to be hard to top that first one. That first one Did, had. A were lot. we supposed to give that a blood and guts? We weren't. We didn't give that a blood and guts. Uh, <laughs> the, the, that first stadium stampede was so good. There was a lot of really memorable moments in there, and they're going to uh, have to live up to this. They're going to have to yeah, live up to that. Adam now. Page riding through on the horse. The whole bar scene uh, with, with Adam. Adam Page was one of the stars of that match. The uh, one wing angel through like a giant platform, like 20, yeah, 40 feet in the air. It was that, insane. Uh, that, Matt Hardy being drowned and then coming up as a different incarnation of himself every single time still makes me laugh. Anytime I go back and my thing is, do we have the players in that? Do we have the same combinations? You know, do we have the same justice league versus super friends type thing? My issue is uh, the inner circle certainly has some personalities. I don't know if the pinnacle is that much of a developed group where they have their defined roles like that. Uh, You know, that that's my issue with it. Is it a little bit too soon for them? I don't know. Yeah, so it's this gonna be. I, it'll be fun. It's gonna be a fun match, I, I believe. Yeah. I, this one might be a little bit more serious than than the other one is because, like you said, you don't quite have all of the personalities there uh, that you had in the last one. But you have pretty much the same team in the the inner circle that was in the last one. Uh, Chris Jericho is gonna find a way to make this yeah. uh, to make this work. He'll do something with the golf cart. Some, yeah. some, something's happening with the golf cart and I, I think in the end the pinnacle is going to win because I do think it's time to break up the inner circle and have some of these guys like Sammy Guevara and uh, LAX uh, go out sorry that's their old name but uh, LAX go out and uh, actually branch off into the tag team division and kind of do their own thing and I think it's it's time to do that we have a lot of factions in AEW let's start breaking some of these up dude come on break them up break, break it, it up. up everyone's clicking everyone's being click everyone's getting clicky here in, in AEW break it up Let's get to the main event here. We're talking the title oh, wait, wait, match. Wait, wait, you one match. You missed one match. What what I miss here? What did I miss? You missed Sting. Oh, oh, so, oh, oh my god. Oh sure. god. <laughs> okay. Sting. All right. I, I, I correct. I miss e- I'm missing e- the graphic e- intro of the show. I'm, I'm missing everything here. Don't report me to the office, okay? Get Don't report sleep, me to the office. Man. Get some sleep. I know I need it, don't I? Uh, are you excited uh, about Sting's live return to the ring in front of a live audience? I I think more people should be, you know what I mean, than, than there is, and 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 that's my only issue with this. And it was something I was going to bring up going through my notes here. Is this is Sting? This is a man called Sting. This is a Hall of Famer. This is the icon. Have they played out Sting already? Have they? I mean, like he hasn't been there more than what just over six months. And they had him on TV all the time, and he was paired with Darby, and he was supposed to be this complimenting character, and they did all these elaborate things. that, And then he would start taking some bumps, and he got physical. And then they did the cinematic match, which I absolutely loved. And great. it hit whatever weaknesses he had. This is a guy who has spinal stenosis, and he's north of 55. Shouldn't have matches. <laughs> I was being nice. Okay? Uh, and, and so... So you have him in there. Now he's going to have this match. It's going to be him and Darby versus Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Straight up tag team match. Now with Ethan and Scorpio, two very on point players right now who can bump and feed as much as you want. 
Um, but you don't want a lot of people running into a fist in AEW. I don't think fans are going to uh, love that like they would with a Hulkster back in the day when Hulk had his ruthless aggression era run. It was very good because Hulk still had enough physical ability and you could work around it and hide whatever weaknesses he had, you know, with knee replacements and different issues, right? And he could still go, still at the body, you know? Sting still looks good. can still do the splash, still do the scorpion death drop and the death lock and those different things. And they'll have him take a bump or two. <clears throat> but is it going to live up? You know, are you have to are you gonna are you gonna have to depend on all these different tricks and stuff like that? Like you're doing. The thing is, you've already advertised tricks and other stuff in the show with the stadium stampede. There's no hardcore gimmick here. This is bell to bell action, and it's almost like the idea of yeah. Sting doing that is more appealing. Also, another thing is this show's gonna be in front of fans too. Sting's an attraction for you. Are you getting as much out of this as you want? My I'm I'm 50-50 on it. I think it'll be fun. Once it happens, they'll do whatever they can to not put Sting in an uncomfortable position. See, here's the thing. This is going to be your classic uh, tag team match here where the audience, they, they, they want to see Sting in action. He mm-hmm. is not going to wrestle more than four minutes in this match. I guarantee you, it is going to be Darby Allen who carries most of this match. And House of Fire Sting, big right. splashes Sting, come in. Paige and Sky are going to work the heat. They're going to keep him away from Sting for 10, 15 minutes, however long this match goes, and then you're going to get the hot tag. And the Brother, brother, gonna, brother. Yeah, the, the roof <laughs> is going to blow off, and Sting's going to hit some clotheslines and some back elbows. Maybe he pulls out the baseball bat at the referee's down. He'll hit the scorpion death drop. He'll he'll lock in this the the you know sharpshooter, excuse me, the scorpion death lock, mm-hmm. uh, and the crowd will go absolutely crazy. But make no mistake about it. The reason Sting should be in this match is to lose. Sting should be the one Look at you. that gets. You beat. just want to take all the idols and crush them. That's all you want to do, Rick. Sting should not crush I, idols. I I get that there are people out there who look at Sting and go, "Man, he lost most of his matches in WWE, and he got disrespected in WWE, and he's he could still do one more run." I'm sorry, I'm in the camp of if Sting wants to help out the younger guys and put some of the younger guys over, I am all for that. What would a what would a win for Ethan Page over Sting? do for him oh a pin and getting him too, rolling him up or something like that and get that something to me because darby allen has been on fire he i know he just lost the tnt championship but he had a really good run with sting and sting helped build him up Mm -hmm. and build up his profile he can take a hit here he could take a hit for sure still not 100 you're you're making a great case here rick you know i would have a great case page pin sting one two three in the middle of the ring what I think is going to happen is Sting and Ethan and is Sting and Darby Allen winning, but I'm come on, them, it, them old, them old, uh, you know, TNT wants some old school WCW fans to see the Stinger I, in the ring, lighting them bad guys. I am making Paige and Sky in this matchup, and they're beating Sting to do it, which would also help protect Darby Allen a little bit. Okay, I'm sorry I jumped ahead of that match. Because <laughs> I'll say right. this, we probably should have, we probably should have everything ended else. Everything else on this show is more interesting to me than this match. Yeah, same. And everything else, the stadium stampede, more interesting. The match we just talked about, more interesting. Box versus Kingston and Mox, more interesting. This match has had a lot of fat on it, a muddled build, weird promos. Kenny Omega over an impact doing impact stuff. A lot of plates spinning. You know what I don't care about? Kenny Omega in a triple threat match 
with two really great players. I should care a lot more about this. You should. And I just don't think there's that vibe there, which is why if I'm booking, this is my, I'm jerking the curtain with this match. No. Oh, oh wow. yeah. That would be a big thing. Kenny, um, for You're people open, just jumping open, in, no. Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega versus Orange Cassidy and Pac, triple threat for the AEW World Championship. This is my opener. This is my opener. Kenny Omega wins and retains because he's going to. He's then not you, cl- you close the show with the stadium stampede, you think? I'm closing the show with Britt Baker and Hikaru Shida. Mm. That's what I'm, or, or stadium stampede, either one. But I think the most anticipated match on this card is Britt Baker and Hikaru Shida. Maybe I'm wrong. Please hit me up on Twitter if I'm wrong. At I Ricky, I, you know, I'm going to be honest. I don't think there's like one selling match for this show. I think it's a, a mixture of different collections. Yeah, maybe it's just me. I'm real. I'm. I'm. That's the match I most want to see. If I'm them, I'm closing the show with that and giving Britt ba- Brit, giving Britt Baker her crowning moment. Think of Britt Baker winning the match to win the title at the end of the show. You got the pyro going off. You got the, uh, this huge celebration. Her and, and and Rebel are in the ring together. You could have Tony Schiavone come down. There could be some kind of big massive celebration to close <laughs> up the show. You got to do a bit with Tony because they've had yes. so much back and forth online. That yeah. to me would be so much better. It'd be a, such a classic ending to a pay per view. <laughs> All the other double or nothings have ended with with the guys or you know whatever doing their thing in the ring. Obviously, you're never going to beat John Moxley showing up to take out literally everybody in the arena when he showed up. But mm-hmm. that would be a better ending to me than Kenny Omega just retaining the title over Orange Cassidy and Pac, like we all think he's going to. So, unlike other shows, I'm going to ask you a challenging question here. I know we had okay. we had a comment from Cody. And I appreciate the time that we got with him as as they give with people on a busy week like this. Yeah. Um. I think this is going to be an entertaining show because they're trying to have a big crowd for the show. They're shooting for uh, the reported numbers around 2,500 fans in excess of that. I hope they get there. Is this a buy show for you? I mean, obviously we're covering it, but I'm talking about a fan who's like in and out of AEW. Maybe they're just a WWE fan and they'll check out AEW on the big pay-per-views. I talked to plenty of fans like that. They'll only kind of pay attention to AEW like a big show's coming up. Is this a buy show for you? For me, I'm on the fence about whether or not this is a buy show. But there's a lot of things I definitely want to see. You brought up, like, I, I, I feel stupid uh, forgetting what we were getting to Sting. I was waiting to get to Sting at the end. Uh, that That's interesting. If I'm a hardcore longtime fan, I get to see Sting in a match. That's special. Stadium Stampede the first time was really cool. Can they live up to the hype? It's a buy show. But after the exploding barbed wire death match, it, do I, I have a little bit of buyer's remorse from last one, you know, where that was a banger match, but he had that weird bad taste in your mouth to the end of the show. So here's the thing. So, Taking into account if I didn't cover pro wrestling for a living, because I buy all the shows regardless, because I want to, I want to see it. I want to know what the hell's going on. I want to catch sure. it first, and so I buy all the shows. If I didn't, I don't know that I would, because I don't, I, I honestly can't justify spending fifty dollars on a pay per view. Period. End of story. Whether it's this show it's or a, the other it, show. it's another example, and I, I. It, this is going to be a fun show. If you spend your money on the show, I, think, I got WrestleMania for $5. You want me to pay 10 times as much for double or nothing. I do think it is an issue with AEW when they, when they are seen as the number two company and you're asking them to pay these prices that are kind of it. it I don't want to say it's passe because here's the thing. Pay-per-view is not dead. We're, we're talking about WWE moving around a, a Manny Pacquiao fight. That's supposed to happen. Triller made millions and millions of dollars. After after these you know circus box boxing matches right, and there's still money in pay per view right. Yeah, there but is. wrestling and it's well for AEW. Yeah, and wrestling has moved in a different direction. WWE's created the standard of the Netflix model. You're paying in on a streaming service and you get our stuff. 
We have our own streaming service internationally, and we're on Peacock in the States. And guess what? Everyone says the Peacock move was bad. No, I think it's fine. I think it's a fine move. I like I like pulling up SNL right next to WrestleMania. It feels cool. I, I wish you could pause live TV. They really. I do think they'll get to that eventually too. Uh, that's more of a that's more of a conflict with their cable partners than it is with anything because this is. Hey, we don't want you to have all of this, the, all the same. They also things. need to work out a deal with Samsung because I'm tired of having to watch this on my computer. But uh, <laughs> I get that HDMI cord, dude. I'm doing that right now, man. That's how you live it. <laughs> uh, but no, I do, it is something when I think about this, too. You and I kind of covered this a, a few weeks ago, the big shakeups with their main media partner. Now, AEW is owned by the Khan family as a separate group, uh, but their main partner is Warner Media. And yeah. Warner Media is now being divested from AT&T, this massive multi-global uh, tech company now. They're getting out of the media business. They're focusing purely on tech now. And they have been, they're merging with the Discovery Group, which has its own streaming services and these own different things. And they have HBO Max. I keep pounding the needle here. Um, HBO Max has no live, like tune into it. It's live channel. All right. They don't have that. Uh, and Peacock does. And it's, it's a jump in point. You're getting it added to your cable package for five bucks. You know, I have internet and my internet came with Peacock. I didn't have to change anything. I did when, when WWE network went away, I went right over to Peacock. I was ready to go. Look, if, if that's at all a possibility, I'm doing that. If I'm AEW, I'm putting that. I'm putting my product on HBO Max. Even or, even if it isn't like double or nothings or something like that. But if it was just like here's the best of AEW. Here's you know uh, a week after double nothing airs on pay per view, you get it on HBO Max. Here's the thing though: you could still do the pay per view buys because not everybody is going to subscribe to HBO Max. Not everybody. There were people no. out there who justify a one-time buy of $50 as opposed to, what is it, $13, 14 $15 a month. It's $15 a month for HBO Max just to watch AEW Wrestling. They would probably just rather spend the 50 bucks on the pay-per-view and call it a day. So why not create your own channel on, on Peacock, or excuse me, not Peacock, on, on HBO Max. Create your own AEW channel on HBO Max. Put all the shows up there. Put put Dark up there. Put uh, uh, Oh, my God, it would be perfect. Put all the content up there, up on HBO Max. Boost the subscriptions to HBO Max, and then the people who don't want to get that will still buy your pay per views. You make and you wonder, you wonder how this pay per view model is going to change for AEW. Is next year they're going to take Dynamite? It's going to move from TNT. It's going to go over to the much bigger, much more broader circulated channel of TBS. Right? All right, so they're going to be on TBS, and Rampage is going to be a Friday night show. It's going to air for one hour on on TNT. Uh, I wonder what the pay-per-view model is going to be for them, how they're going to work into their premium events, like a double or nothing, like a full gear. Uh, it'll be interesting here. I'm rooting for AEW. I know it seems like I'm a little bit critical, but it's just a challenging thing to ask people to pay 50 bucks when we're so conditioned to the idea of a subscription model. And you know, and when, that, when they first started doing that, I'm sitting there, I'm going, man, I got spoiled by WWE because I'm sitting here. Yeah. Like, I want to watch, the honestly, the first double or nothing, I didn't buy it. The very first one, and I, I hate the fact that I didn't because it was such a good show and because John Moxley showed up at the end. Like I had I had massive uh, remorse for not buying that one, and I bought every AEW pay-per-view since. But yeah, that first one, I'm like, I don't know on a brand new product if I could justify spending $50. To I also, I'm rooting for them not to have any type of blunder that is circumstantial like they had. The exploding barbed wire death match, you had John Moxley. And Kenny Omega go out there and brutalize each other. But the gimmick was the gimmick had to deliver big bang boom za, right? And you didn't get it. 
and it didn't look good. No. And there's no defense of it. And they tried to jimmy their way around it and, and goof on the whole and, thing. And they, did, they did a good job of, of dancing around it. But the fact that they had to dance around it. Yeah. Kind of. hit. No, it, it, it was bad, you know? So, the, and they had the Matt Hardy thing last year, you know? And so uh, you have these issues. I just hope they don't have any, I want them to have a great show. I'm good truly, I truly, truly mean for all that we all have to pay $50. Yes. Fun for all. We don't need a bitch about zombies and fireworks. Now the fireworks was warranted because we were we were sold something. You know, we didn't know we were getting zombies. Yeah. We didn't know we were getting a zombie ladder match at the last WWE paper. No, we just did. We we built everybody an hour show and went thirty four minutes over. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna bitch about it? You gonna complain? Look at him complaining. No, don't tell us we can't bitch now. Here comes nitpick Rick. With my oh, here come the tweezers. Get get the tweezers out. Where, where are they at? People ain't got time to listen to 90 minutes of us just rambling. Well, if they did, thank you so much. If you had if you listen to the show for 90 minutes, uh hit us we, up. We we love you and please uh follow us on Twitter. On the Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Give him give him a follow at Rick Uccino. Give me a follow at Kev Kellum. Uh, and uh, give us a follow on the Twitter machine at SK Wrestling underscore. A lot of people forget the underscore part. Uh, don't go following those other ones to say SK Wrestling. No, 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 no. There's, go there's go to the source. Out there. If you need a, it's got to be Sports Kita. There you go. It rhymes. So it's, it's something you have to do now. It's fun. It's neat. Uh, we will be live after Double or Nothing on Sunday night. All right. So if you don't watch the paper, you know, you just want to know what happens. We'll, we'll cover you in that regard. Uh, go ahead and give us a follow on that. We'll be covering all the different things going on this weekend. We do have an AEW preview. If you want even more discussion about that with the great Sid, uh, Sid's coming that smack talk coming out with Dutch Mantel, Vince Russo on Monday night. So much content to consume. Uh, so thank you guys so much for supporting the show. If you're with us this long, we are so thankful you spend uh, an hour, pl- an hour and a half plus with us. It's your real yeah. time. You, you know, I appreciate that. I appreciate it. We hope it was fun. We hope it was as fun for you as it was for us. We got some stuff off our chest. I got to rant. I got to. You got a lot people. off your chest. Yeah, I felt good about it. You feel? You, I feel relieved. You you took a barbed wire bat to to the Twitterers <laughs> out there, man. Yeah, man. You, you went full Lucille on everybody. <laughs> All right, uh, let's hope we don't have to do it with the pay per view this weekend. We'll find out. All right, so uh, I'm 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 gonna go Lucille and just go go take a nap because I think I've earned a nap here. I think I've earned my naps. Uh, thank you guys so much for supporting the show. Remember, when watching wrestling, do the most important thing, which is enjoy. <laughs>